Hello, and welcome to The Relevance of Now with William Linville. My name is Michael Connell, and I'm here with William as always. Hey, William. Hey, Michael. How's it going, buddy? Wonderful. Today, uh, a client asked you to share more about the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. And I wanted to start by reading that prayer for anyone that's listening. Before you dive into it more and share whatever is presenting to you about the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. It's really a a deep breath prayer. There's feels so much packed into this. Oh, very much so. And when I look at it, Michael, I look at it more and more because it's very, it's like getting down to the core of the heart, the core of the soul. And you can feel it as you're reading it. You can feel the purity, the rawness, the passion of the soul and the heart. Now, if we all skip over Catholicism, the Franciscans, and on and on and on, let's skip all religion as a whole. Because this is not about religion. It's about surrender. So as we go through this, the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. It was his prayer to his higher levels, his prayer to the facet of creator that he is. So we can change it to higher levels or creator consciousness or, oh, Lord, it's your call, whatever feels appropriate to you or creator. Make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, only help me sow love. What that means is help me emanate love, help me express love, help the core of my being only be that of love, help me create love, help me be the love, help me be the light, help me be the answer that every situation scenario of and as dear ones are really seeking for. Where there is injury, pardon. So where there is conflict, Only help me be that of answers, clarity, resolution. Help me be the voice of love, of light, of being a voice of bringing 
clarity, embracement, comfort to others. Where there is conflict, help me be the voice of resolution. Where there is injury, pardon. So where there is judgment, help me be the voice of forgiveness. Where there is, once again, conflict, help me be the voice of clarity. Where there is doubt, faith. So it's where I am questioning, where I'm looking at whether it be the ego, mind, whether it be the outside world. Help me to stick to the love that I am. Help me to be so committed to the love that I am. Help me to see the light within and through each and every being and each and every situation that I am emanating through and that is unfolding in front of me. Where there is despair, hope, where I see those that have given up, those that have fallen away to sex, power, greed, pain, conflict, anger, rage, guilt. Help me be the voice of light, the voice of love, the voice of hope, the voice and the being of light to show a different way. Where there is darkness, light. So where that is, that dear ones have once again gone below the zero mark, the neutral point, and gone into despair, gone into hatred, gone into survival gone into the me-me-me that have totally given away to the ego. Help me be the light. Help me be the instrument. Help me be the conduit of love to show them a system into the light, into the pathway of remembrance of who they are. Whether a sadness, joy. So where dear ones have been grief-struck, where dear ones have given in to the ego, given in to all the lessons, given in to hopelessness, despair, and loss and lack. Help me be the light. Help me be the voice. Help me be the instrument and the conduit to share, show, be the example of the light in which they're seeking O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. So help me to be selfless rather than consumed with myself. Help me to put aside all issues, all constructs that may, may be preoccupying for myself. Help me to be outgoing. Help me to be more looking at how best can I can assist rather than be assisted. Help me to be selfless, to be understood as to understand. Help me to put my own conflicts and constructs to the side. Help me to put my own message to the side and to really hear what dear ones are wishing to share. Help me to really see, hear what others are really looking for, seeking for, and asking for rather than jumping to conclusions and making assumptions. To be loved as to love, rather than wanting to be accepted and approved of, help me to be accepting and approving of others, of accepting of others. Help me to love others as I wish to be loved, for it is in giving that we receive. 
only to be the instrument and the conduit of giving openly and unconditionally. For I know that as I give openly and unconditionally to joy, the light beingness, as I'm emanating giving fully and freely from my heart, that that joy, that expression, that blissfulness, the higher and higher frequencies of what it feels like to fully give with no agenda raises myself, my vibrational frequencies, my light, and brings forth all that joy of truly giving without expectation, which brings forth the joy, the happiness, the emanation, the omnipotence of being that unconditional instrument and conduit in which I am. For it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is the forgiving. And it's so interesting, for it is the forgiving of others, of situations, circumstances. The forgiving part is forgiving, really, creator before us. There are action words and deeds. And it's the part that we're forgiving even with ourselves and within ourselves. That we're forgiving these situations, circumstances, action, words, and deeds of others because they know not who they are. Therefore, they're acting out from their egos, their conflicts, their constructs, their projections, because they do not know who they are. And it is that forgiving of them is forgiving of ourselves for even holding them in judgment. That we let go of the judgment, so therefore, we're setting ourselves free as well as setting them free. And then it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. The dying here is not about physical dying. It is about the death of the ego. And for as it is in dying of the ego, the ego mind, the ego projections, the ego identifications and agendas that have all led to separation, segregation, polarities, and dualities. This is where we are truly born to eternal life. It is where we look at within ourselves, we look around ourselves. We, we only see that of all these beautiful facets of Creator all around us. Some further along their own journey, some wide awake, some waking up, some still attempting to wake up. But we're we're allowing all of our conditioning, all of our perceptions, all of the me, 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 I think I should, I ought, I must, all based in ego arrogance, in ego identification, of the whole perception of a me as an ego, as a separated deity, where we're allowing for all of that to burn away, die off, and taking all this stuff so individually personal from all the ego identities, we're letting all of that die off, this all. Where we look at ourselves in a mirror, we see the body, and we see you as that light, no longer a separated, segregated personality that is looking and attempting and fighting and battling to not be without. And you start to see yourself as healthy, whole, and complete because you are truly healthy, whole, and complete. And you're surrendering the ego. You're surrendering all these internalized battles, fights. And you're surrendering all the old action words and deeds from first separation to now, especially even this live stream. And you're surrendering to yourself as the divine, as creator, 
arising within its creation and its embodiment. You're surrendering to where you're allowing for you to re-embody your true mind. Because your body and your mind are innocent. It's the ego that's created all this conflict and all these constructs. It's the programming, the perceptions, that ideological identifications that have created all this conflict, hardship, duality, polarity, and split personality, mental health issues, whatever we want to call it. They're all just different levels of separation and split levels within yourself. We're saying, okay, help me within my wholeness, my divinity, my radiance as the love, as the open door of unconditional love that I truly am. To take command, I welcome it in as I am through myself, through my mind, my body, and my world. And help me to love and not to judge. And I surrender all of these colorful split facets of what I have fallen asleep to, identified with, and perceived to be the falsivity of a self, a split self, a lonely self. And I surrender it now to the divinity that I am. For now, there is truly no one, nothing to hold on to, but everything now to open up to through our eternal life, which has nothing to do with just when you leave the planet, has everything to do with your eternal beingness as you're in a body on a planet. And then namaste and RA family, being that of your angelic, archangelic, ascended host friends, being that of you as creator, arising and arising in vibratory principles and frequencies and megahertz of light. And also, as you becoming the solution and the answer to everything you've sought for within and throughout this live stream. And now becoming more of the solution rather than the seeker, you become more of the finder. And William, when, when you tune into St. Francis at its higher levels, what message is received? Behold the wholeness in which you are. Behold the, the beauty, the specialness, the uniqueness in which you are. Behold the omnipotence, the brightness, the gift, and the unique love in which you vibrate at, the unique colorisqueness that you emanate, that you animate and put out as a beacon into the world. To see yourself, to feel yourself as the beautiful light in which you are. The light that is bringing forth the light in the midst of perceivable darkness being that of all these other facets, all these other lighthouses that have been hiding themselves due to their fear of what is, due to the scrambling of looking for temporary pleasures running away from the perceivable phantom in the dark, rather than having yourself be there as the instrument and the conduit of light as light, of love as love, that exposes all these phantoms with, through, and for others. For the exposure, you start to look at these giant phantoms, you start to notice that they are truly just tiny little puffs of smoke, that are phasing and dissolving into the wind 
as you give yourself permission and the courage to step back and let them be revealed for all that they are, they really have no credibility, really have no reality, nor hold upon you. It is only that of the fear of the fear that lets them be alive. You know, and I want to share one more thing about beloved Francis, even Sananda, and on and on. Many perceive that these dear ones have come from a very impoverished background, on and on. And but they did not. They actually came from well-established families. Francis with all the different fabrics, all the different wools, seamstresses, and so forth, and different forms of artistry, on and on. It came from a very abundant background. Now, when you look at Francis's life, a big part of his life was not to be in poverty, but he chose at times to wear a sackcloth robe. And that was his own journey of overcoming for himself individually, and something that he taught as well by walking his own walk, was to walk away from the abundance, walk away from notoriety, walk away from all the falsivities of the ego. Not so much to live in poverty, because it wasn't about poverty. It wasn't about Sananda or Yeshua ben Joseph, Jesus, being in the desert 40 days and 40 nights to be without. It was more about him walking down a pathway of his own to, much like Sananda, Yeshua Joseph, Jesus, to face their own demons, to face their own fears, where he walked away from all of that, the sex power greed, to walk away from all the creature comforts at that time, on and on, because he wanted to overcome it, not to suffer, not vows of poverty, and so forth and so forth, where, where it's been very misconstrued and where there was started creating vows of poverty. But it wasn't about vows of poverty where he was concerned. It was about no longer being identified with all of the stuff. It was about a stripping down for himself to really get to know himself without all the preoccupations and the identifications. Now, I want everyone to understand, even with Sananda, Jesus, Yeshua Joseph, which means son of Joseph, those were their own pathways where Sananda, son of Joseph, Yeshua Joseph, Jesus, went out to the desert to face his own phantoms, to face his ego for 40 days, 40 nights, which is more about numerology than actual 40 days and 40 nights, but it is what it is. It was about him to face what's deemed to be the devil, but the devil, the true reality of the devil, it is not about some dear one in the pits of fire, blah, blah, blah. It's more about the heart in who you are facing the ego. Now, I don't want you to sit here and demonize your ego, but that was the whole metaphor of that whole time, was him facing his fears. And then eventually, his last biggest fear 
which is kind of interesting. It was the fear of death. And as we all know, he superseded, overcame it. He married with his light bodies in the tomb. And if you really do your research, you'll find that he came from a long line of herbologists. Hence, a sponge that was held at his brow on and on, on that had different remedies in it that gave his body the appearance of being in a coma, slowed down his heart rate, so be it and so forth. It gave his body the appearance of death, but it was a death. I mean, literally, it was the death of his ego in the marriage of his light bodies. Now, with herbology, healing up his wombs in the tomb and on and on and on to allow his body to regenerate. But the fear of death, that's a big fear, the mean fear, the absolute fear, the absolute primal fear, not of your body, not of the mind, but of the ego. And he superseded overcame and same with Francis. It was the stripping down for himself in his own way of stripping down all levels of the ego for himself, even when it came to Claire and the love that they shared, where he denied himself the pleasures of the flesh from, and this is all, I'm speaking very much of an old energy, an old paradigm, but how beautiful it was at that time that they walked their walk. And he and Claire walked side by side. They just did not decide to get involved on a physical relationship, but they were definitely involved in a relationship with the heart. It was not meant to have religion created, but as usual, when dear ones walk these paths in the old paradigm, religions were created, belief systems were created, on and on and on, hence it's the Franciscans and on and on. But this is more was more totally about him walking his own walk and his undying love as love for love, for his creator consciousness, from his creator consciousness, and eventually as his creator consciousness emanating within and through as the marriage of the higher and the lower. And William, you're here to assist us in integrating and embodying our higher and lower selves in all areas of our life. When I hear that, what you just shared about St. Francis's journey and Jesus's journey uh, in, in a different way, you're assisting us in doing the same. Yes, in a different way. Now, I have to share as a matrix that I am, I have memories of all these dear ones, different journeys as if walking in their shoes. Was I them? No. Was I them incarnationally? Of course not. They had their journeys. I have mine. Now, there are similarities, but when it's all said and done, in a new paradigm, in a new energy, yes, I am assisting with the marriage of the higher and the lower, just no, not from an old paradigm, not through sacrifice, not through blah, 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 but to assist at binding out all the stuff that has been holding you hostage. But now, in a new paradigm, now in a different, unique way, as they had theirs, I have mine. Mine is more of a matrix, a different form of collective, but still, whether it be Yeshua ben Joseph, Jesus of Nazareth, Sananda, or Francis, St. Francis of Assisi, um, St. Germain, on and on and on. These are all dear ones that have physically walked the planet. That's what has given them 
the name Ascended Masters is that they've come to the planet, they walked their walk, they woke up, they embodied, and they made a full transition. And as that has occurred, that's what makes them an Ascended Host or an Ascended Master. Now, that was their journey. And if you really do the research, you'll find that it's happened on every in every culture, color, and creed from Krishna to Paramahansa Yogananda, on and on and on. And where all of these are ascended hosts now speaking, and their message to you is don't walk our walk, walk your own. And it's kind of funny because even the Buddha, uh, on and on, they share, don't sit at our feet, we sit at yours. Even Michael, Archangel Michael, and all the Archangelic realms, they share really the same thing. We don't want your power because the further you go, the further we go. Thank you, William. This has been so powerful. And thank you all for joining us. This is The Relevance of Now with William Linville. Join us next time. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.